Welcome to Mystics and Broomsticks Podcast with Melanie Dawn and Tanya Ryan. Mystics and Broomsticks. I did have to say it. I love it. I did have to say it multiple times (laughs) without uh, stumbling over it. I love it because I think it could be like a festival. It it could be. I think it should be a festival. It will be a festival. So good we did not plan a festival because our neighbor's digging a pond right now. Like my house is so loud. (laughs) And um, yeah, it'll be a festival. It'll be like events. Oh yeah. It's going to be cool. I'm so excited. So, um, do we want to kind of give, uh, I don't know, a stories to like our, our change here? Like, a, what, what are we, we on year five? Why? Is this five or was last year five? I don't know. I think this year's five. We're this year's five. I think we we're on season four last year. I think you're pretty right. sure that's what I kept putting. So in. this is our milestone. I feel like five is five a is a big. We're going to kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hundred percent. We should do one of those pictures. Like it shouldn't be Melanie. We and should Tanya put our kindergarten like, pictures yes. up and then now, yeah, <laughs> like our lunch boxes. Oh, oh my, my god. god. Um, I think so. When we started Spiritual Boss, okay, this was this was the thing for me. So Mystics and Broomsticks, Melanie came up with this and she said it and it was just like immediately a yes. Mm-hmm. And then you looked it up too and it didn't exist. There was nothing. Okay, when we And came, then we spoke it. Right. And then we <laughs> said it and we're like, oh, that'll take a little practice. But mm-hmm. um but when we came up with Spiritual Boss, that wasn't our first choice. We no. tried so many others, but they were all taken. And uh, I feel like spiritual boss was the best way to like encapsulate what we were trying to communicate, which is like we are people who are entrepreneurs and business minded, but also do it in a spiritual way or run spiritual businesses. Um, and that kind of became the title for that reason. But this one feels like, I don't know, it just clicks like it. I don't know. It's, it's got, fun. It is fun. I was going to say that. I was I like, like, is that it. enough of a reason? So uh, welcome, I guess, to your uh, the same old podcast, new name. <laughs> same people. Same, same bitches. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's uh, that's like, so what else is new? I, like what is on your your highlight or low light reel for the la the the gap in our season the gap what's taken us away that might be a good place to start is what has taken us away from the podcast because we didn't even have a season finale no we didn't we talked about it hard it was i had a baby yeah you know and i had like a house baby we moved yes big big stuff happening we're doing renos all the things um i yeah i can speak to my experience for the last little bit so i think the last time we really were heard <laughs> regularly was probably february yeah that yeah pro- that about february and then we got a so, little irregular um, yeah <laughs> a little hit and miss um so uh march is my birthday i would have turned 43 this year i'm coming into 44 which is I, I like there's parts of me that are uh when i look in the mirror i don't like to see the aging face but then you think about all the stories and, and the life that I've lived. And I feel like 44 is going to be a really, I've, I love that number, despite dating a real asshole that had that as a hockey number. Like, oh, I could write a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I love, love, love that number. And I find it so magical. And it's always kind of like, I actually do, I shouldn't call him that because after that experience, I had to do a ton of healing work. I, I finally saw all the stuff that I kept repeating 
was not the other people. <laughs> it was me. And uh, like the Taylor Swift song, definitely. It was like, oh, hey, hi. Yeah, it's you. Oh, <laughs> you're the problem. You're the one who keeps picking these people. But um, so 44 coming into that. And um, after March, we moved. Um, we moved in like minus 30 weather. It was beautiful. And then like right before we went to move, it the weather shifted, if I remember correctly. I'm also starting to wonder like, I don't know if you noticed this, but do you think that our version of events kind of like cross over and become a new story as they get older? Like, I, I don't always know that my memory is as clear as it is, so I try to tell it as best as I can. So if you look up the weather in March and there was no warm period, I'm lying. But <laughs> <laughs> it feels like there was warmth and then it got cold, but it was really serendipitous. It kind of all astrologically tied in, which is... Uh, cool if you do, um, if you listen to Tanya and any of the stuff she does with astrology or anyone else. Um, and then through the summer, we've been doing renos. I haven't been seeing any clients except for those that text me <laughs> and ask, but I actually just opened up my calendar this morning and I didn't even mean to um, promo that here, but just opened up my calendar this morning. I am going to start seeing one-to-one Again, I'm really excited about that, and I'm sitting in Tanya's basement in her beautiful haunted room <laughs> and realizing that I have moving PTSD because all her stuff on the wall, I immediately walked in and I was like, oh, if she ever has to go anywhere, like you have to take all this stuff down, but um, I think I'm finally ready to start moving in. Well, <laughs> and if you want any help, I can obviously put shit on walls. Yes. <laughs> this room proves nothing. I love it. I'm so scared of putting stuff on walls now but I'm gonna take the plunge and then this summer um I don't I'm not ready to get into it publicly uh or I don't know if I ever will be but um I I underwent a lot of an emotional like upstirring of childhood wounds and um so that has been kind of at the forefront and I do notice that summers I try to take off I'll mostly take off summers besides like behind the scenes work and book work and stuff because I am just not like emotionally available. It feels like in the summertime for other people, um, even though if you do do um, any of my energy trainings, I'm like, you can hold space for everything. But that's not true all the time. Like, um, sure, I can have a bad day and still hold space for you. But if a, a childhood wound has been triggered and activated and is currently like ongoing at the forefront, this is not time for me to be doing your work. I'm I'm doing some kind of upgrade. I'm doing some kind mm -hmm. of expansion. And I do think that that's what it is. Uh, I'm excavating my heart for more space. So that's been... Oh, you might be able to hear the shake in my voice, but that's been a difficult um, couple months for me. And my boys are getting bigger. Um, mm -hmm. Still, because of the housing crisis, uh, my oldest is at home. And as a mom, you worry about that, right? Like it's, uh, but he, he was trying to get this house. Uh, it was a guy we know, and me and his dad both know him. And we're like, oh, sure, it's a shoe-in, you know? He... It was $2,500 for just a three-bedroom house, which is, like, wild. And so my son and, and his friends would have to go in on that. No one could afford that at their age. And so you think, oh, you get an applicant from, like, one lady with a cat mm -hmm. <laughs> and then three, you know, very testosterone-fueled males. You're going to pick the other one. But I think he had a shoe-in until 
someone offered six months cash up front. Like what is going on in this world? So um, (laughs) just trying to navigate the world crises and keep my tinfoil hat on strong (laughs) and steady. (laughs) But uh, yeah, there's there's things that you worry about, especially, um, I, I think it's important for all adults, all young adults to launch. And what is happening um, across the board for a lot of people who can't get out of their parents' home? Or mm-hmm. like we're renovating right now to try to make space for him so he can have his own individual space and feel like it's something, but it's still attached to me. Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, there's still a little bit of a, a, a mama bird feeding a worm. And um, yeah, so collectively, I'd like to put out a call to uh, increase the vibe and open up some housing for these failure to launches uh it's funny because i immediately and i don't know maybe this is just the 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 beauty of our relationship because immediately i go to i'm like well you know like there's so many cultures where cohabitating with your family for a long time is very normal and we have like multi-generational homes and i don't know maybe it's just um perhaps an opportunity to lean into that. I mean, that, that said, if neither of you is happy about that circumstance, <laughs> then it's different, but, um, I, do I don't love know that it. there's anything like, <laughs> I do love it. I think I forget that, but I have come to that is like, actually in other cultures, this is like what it means to be part of a family unit. It's meant to be support, but you get so caught up in our conditioning that we must do everything alone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as you said that, I was like, wow, there just is a different way to look at it. And so I'm going to try to keep that at the forefront of my <laughs> mind. And and I, I do love, I love having them because would I really see him if I, if he wasn't there, yeah. you know, like he's 20, he does not want to hang out with also, me. Also, there's just like something about certain, I don't know, like my brother who is not, he's not 20. He's a 30 year old man. I don't <laughs> think I would see him. He lives with us. Yes. And I don't think I would see him if he didn't live with us. Like, it's just, it's not a strength that we have to like. Like, I didn't see him for three days, and I live with him. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I kind of like that he lives here just because I uh, I like that I get to see him more often. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd just argue. would be like, you know, you know, as best you guys can, just enjoy it while it lasts. Because there's, you know, oh, there's still a whole life mm-hmm. ahead of both of you. I think it's just we always want it to be like how it was for us, right? Like, when I was 18, or uh, I guess I would have been 20 leaving college, um, I stayed in college res. I opened up the newspaper and I found an ad and I applied mm-hmm. and I was probably the only applicant. And then I paid $650 for a three bedroom and split that two ways. Yep. I was 17. That's how old I am. <laughs> I found. You were 17? Yeah, technically. Oh, wow. I mean, I was like approaching 18, so it wasn't like a, that, you know, but uh, technically, yes, I, I turn, I moved in and say like the summer, like july august even maybe september but it was before i went to universities and i went obviously in september and my birthday's in october so yeah i was 17 for a few months and then i got a room in this guy's house and uh i paid 350 dollars oh wow yeah and i had my room (laughs) just your room (laughs) just my room uh yeah anyways (laughs) well my my last year um mishmash was uh that i did have a baby and it wasn't just that I had a baby. I think it was actually adjusting to having two kids. And I think it was having two kids that 
like my, you know, I had a baby, which is, you know, a whole thing in and of itself. And then I got this other kid who was only two and also stopped napping. And, um, I was so sleep deprived between the two of them. Like it was, it got to like crisis mode there. (laughs) Um, and my husband and I had to do some really big changes, um, because I was unwell. Mm. (laughs) Um, I am, equal parts happy to say and disheartened to say I am medicated now Mm. (laughs) and uh I will say this about it I would like when I when the you know it all started calibrating right because it takes a minute to acclimatize Mm -hmm. to the medication um but I remember being like oh my god do people just wake up feeling like this which is like normal neutral like I found I really had to like climb from the, like just to get up to normal, I had to climb up there. So that was really actually kind of good, even though it was hard. Like the, it's funny cause I have no stigma. If someone else tells me they're medicated, I'm like, good mm-hmm. for you. Like, I'm happy for you. That's awesome. But I had a hard time going and asking for the prescription. I got sweaty at the doctor. I was like, yeah, so I need to talk about, <laughs> and then I didn't take them. He gave them to me and I didn't take them for a long time, but Anyways, and then uh, when I started sleeping, which was March, um, I think that's around when we ended the podcast. So I wasn't sleeping for a very long time and that sucked and it really affected my cognitive function. Mm -hmm. And since I I pride myself in being like the (laughs) regimenter of this (laughs) podcast, um, I just didn't have the faculties to to do that in the way that I had previously. And I'm hoping, I'm scared. I'm like, okay, we're going in the year. Put your money where your mouth is. Now you're not sleep deprived. You're going to have to show up. (laughs) So hopefully I can do that this year. But but I'm excited. I'm excited to be doing... I, I love podcasting and I love podcasting with you and I, it's so excited to have you here in like person. So maybe one Yay. day, like we could do this again. I hope. I would love would so to, <laughs> I would love to, I would actually love to. And maybe we could even record you. You guys can't see as I have like a helicopter headset on. So <laughs> if we could record a video and put it on YouTube, you'd be able to see us too yeah. in all our glory in my magical room and <laughs> your yeah. helicopter headset. It'd be sweet. Yeah. I, uh, I'm excited. What, like, what are you excited about getting, what do you want to talk about this year? What do you want to get into? Like, I want to have the Wild Sky Sisters. I love every podcast episode that we have them on. Um, I also, oh, okay. So this summer, uh, as like far as good experiences go, I went to this event called Witchstock. I saw. Oh, it's so good. It was so cool. Um, and there was a woman I met there and, uh, she did a couple workshops that I went to and I really enjoyed them. So I'm actually going to reach out to her. Um, she goes by midnight. I can't remember her last name. Um, and so I'm going to reach out to her and maybe do, I'll like, I'll kind of let her pick what she wants to talk about, but I would like to, so that would be a little bit more of like a witchery episode. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I had this idea for an episode. <laughs> I don't know how you feel with this, but I, uh, because we, we are in the phase of life we're in, we've got two young kids. I'm not working. I have been self-employed, so there's no mat leave here. There mm-hmm. was never any mat leave. So we have like, I'm actually kind of impressed with how far I was able to stretch my own savings and income and stuff that I like prepared for kids with, like we did pretty good, but it, you know, it's tight now. And so I was thinking of doing a podcast and it kind of like, with lightness and humor but being like broke girls the blind leading the blind here like talking about money but um I just I just find that there 
sometimes it feels like when there are people out there like money coaches or whatever, Mm -hmm. there's some of the techniques that feel a little out of touch to me because maybe they have wealth or they have money and they're like, all you got to do is this. And I'm like, I have done that and (laughs) it does not work. And so there's a part of me that wants to go, you know what, maybe there's a, a vacancy for people to talk about money in a way that's like, hey, here's how, a you know, like in a more modest way, not maybe mm-hmm. in like a, or, or like, here's the building block to wealth, or here's the step, you know, where we're just making sure you can buy all the groceries and pay all the bills mm-hmm. and not be so stressed out about it. But it's maybe not wealth yet, if that makes any sense. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. So I had some ideas for that. So maybe I, li- I really like that. I <laughs> Broke Girls. We could have podcast. We could have named our podcast that. I think there I is a podcast is there, Broke Girls. Yeah. I probably any. If you think of any cool, that's why it's amazing that yeah. Mystics and Broomsticks wasn't taken, right? Because if you think of any cool podcast name, it is taken. Yeah. Um, to add on to the Broke Girls, I like that energy. I like the talking about money like it's real. I was just talking to Tanya. Um, I have a, I really strive to be congruent and in alignment inside my business and in how I speak to people and me and, uh, Tamara, I don't, you might know her if you know me and Tanya, she has Omi's yoga. We are doing something super huge this year and it's way like a million times out of my comfort zone. Number one, because I'm collaborating, like Mm -hmm. I, I usually do things on my own. And then two, because we have to invest up front, like we've had to pay deposits to this retreat place, never done it before. I feel called to do it. I know it's true. And then it's like, is it slow enrollment coming down the pipe? I'm like, oh my God, is this going to be my first failure? You know, like, is this going to be a big thing? And, uh, what I've found that works for me, and if I didn't have partners, like, uh, my my friend, he said, Melanie, you have the golden touch because the men that I partner with long term turn into millionaires. <laughs> but I'm just back there being like, give me your money. No, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it truly. Know. Do you want to do you want to get married? Like, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it truly is like and I after doing like the feminine embodiment work is like if you can hold the container for your partner to step into their masculine, they typically can go on to provide, but we could get into that later. Maybe but that's a podcast that episode for this season. That really could be. But this one, I wanted to step out on my own. I wanted to be like, uh, I, I didn't want to have to, um, I didn't want to have to be behind someone. I think when I started my business, I was like, okay, but then again, I might be going against the truest essence of who I am as a supporter. I want to be at the forefront. Mm. I want to be the one to be able to take credit for this. And each thing in my business I do is is successful to my scale, is successful to the scale of energy for sure, and um, have done well at it. But I'm not a millionaire from just that. Mm -hmm. There is like, there's all other things. And I think that that's where that incongruency lies in people who are saying, um, because there's this thing called vision casting, which I'm, I'm, you know, calling in with our retreat. We have space for 25 women. And if I'm saying that number out, I I was worried that people might say that I already have that. And I was like, I just want to be clear that I am making space in my heart Mm -hmm. for these women to arrive. And I was telling Tanya before we we got on, 
that if I don't say it, I don't believe it. Mm -hmm. And so I have to start speaking about it in terms like that Mm -hmm. is that if we can't speak about it to someone like it's actually true and take ourselves seriously, how do we ever expect the energy to support us? Mm -hmm. So if you can, couldn't see yourself having money and not struggling and not worrying about it is like, yeah, I just woke up today and I went and put an Amazon order in, or I went to, Oh my God, home sense. <laughs> like, don't take me to no. that store. Um, I like, need to go in a truck. It's like <laughs> our Target. I'm actually yeah. kind of like, I'm sad and, and glad we don't have Target because Target would I be loved my downfall. Target. Yeah. I loved Target. Loved. Bring Target back to Canada. Yeah, why did but, we? <laughs> but we have vision casting, here? right? Sorry, like, yeah. this is that, that is, oh, I don't think they, they didn't, we, they didn't do well enough here, but I saw it was busy all the time. But going back to vision casting is like, you can go, um, so there, there's this, uh, how do they call it? Like, uh, a technique bunny coaches use where they'll say that they've already earned a certain amount of money, mm-hmm. but they're just vision casting that, but that's not like the way they say it isn't in a vision casting yeah. way. And I think that that's incongruent and always comes around to bite you in the butt. So mm-hmm. for me, congruency is <laughs> being a broke girl, just be congruent. Like when you said, <laughs> we should have a broke girl's podcast. I'm sitting here in awe that you're able to speak about it and not have any ego attached to it. And I, I, I think that you make me proud when you do that. I'm, I think that it's important for people to... Um, Cause you can, like, if you get on Instagram, you can feel pretty broke all by yourself. Well, it's not glamorous, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's hard to, uh, like it's glamorous and it's fun to be able to say, like to be able to put on your, you know, Instagram bio six figure income earner or, you know, five figures a month or like whatever it is that people post there. Um, but it's not as glamorous to be like, <laughs> made all the bills this month like you know it's not that's like no one's no one's proud yeah um but I actually think there is something there like I think there's 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 hardiness there and I think it's actually like I said I think there's a vacancy I think that's actually probably almost more relatable like how like I was actually saying to myself I'm like listen I I would I I welcome wealth like I have Mm -hmm. room for wealth in my life absolutely I don't think that I'm even in a permanent space financially where I am right now and maybe that's why it's easier for me to talk about it because it's like well this isn't who I am my identity is not here in being this like broke person it's just like this is this just is well, interesting this is a yeah this is <laughs> a part of my life at the moment and there's no you know no point in you know denying it um but oh I totally lost my train of thought like gapped just gone Pew. about it not being your identity and no, that's why it's easy to talk that about was my tangent but okay. um I, I just it's think, not your it's oh that's what I was gonna say sorry was um I welcome wealth but even just to be able to go to the grocery store and just buy what I want instead of like counting as mm-hmm. I put things in the cart that would be such a nice feeling mm-hmm. and I'm like well that's that feels like a step that feels like a step from where I am to where I want to be it feels like a step versus feeling like a jump where it's like, ah, oh, I'm, you know, having to count everything that goes in the grocery cart to 
you know, making a quarter mil a year or something. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's a jump versus, yeah. so it's like, well, maybe there's something to creating money in our lives in steps instead of jumps. Mm-hmm. And some people jump and that's great. And maybe I'll jump one day too, but maybe I got to take a few steps first or, you know. And even as you, I love that you um, use that grocery store example because what it really is, is I just want to have the peace of mind to be able to go get what I need. So that's a feeling. Mm -hmm. And what do we start, but like, how do you call in or co-create something by first embodying the feeling? Mm -hmm. And so it's like going to the grocery store and just like pulling these things out and feeling like, yeah, I've got this or I'm embodying that or just visualizing it in whatever way. But it's always in, it's always a feeling first, always. Mm -hmm. There was something else about the grocery store. I think. Um, Is it the obscene cost of groceries? Because that's the a obscene real <laughs> cost of groceries. And I think I spent $50 on groceries one day. Like I just run and grab a few things. And it was d- like a few things. And I spent $50. And I was oh, like, what? Like, I got one, one bag at Costco. Like, I think I got two things of chicken. That was like the big thing. $350. Yeah, it's wild. I, I was, I, I, you know, my heart breaks for people who are on fixed incomes who were actually doing like a fiscally responsible job of mm-hmm. their income prior to what we're going through. And now they have no ability to like stretch or expand that, but are probably well beyond their means mm-hmm. to no fault of their own. It, it, like, I don't know how we got to where we are, but... Um, and, and again, like you, if you're in that space and you're here, sitting there listening to me talk about a feeling, I can imagine that you have a voodoo doll with my face on it. <laughs> like, I, I, don't, I don't blame you. I 100% don't blame you. But one thing you do want to notice is don't be surrounded by lack. Don't mm-hmm. be surrounded by people who are constantly focused on lack. Because where attention goes, energy flows. And you will see that with everything. Mm-hmm. So if you wake up and you're like, uh, my friend is this summer is just starting to notice what a powerful manifester. I say that in quotes she is. But there is like, if you focus your attention on it, something is coming that looks like that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it is a more clear interpretation of how you feel about the world than anything you've ever seen before. So if you're wondering why this is happening to you, you created it. Like in some sort of way, there is some sort of attachment to that outcome. Um, I want to get a little bit personal here, but without naming names, there is... Uh, I want to have a conversation with someone that's close to me about something that I know is going to trigger them. And all I'm doing and focusing on is how they're going to prove me right about their reaction. Mm -hmm. And so is that creating an outcome that I want? Because I say I want this peaceful, harmonious relationship. But when I think about having that conversation, all I can see is them shutting me out being emotionally immature, mm-hmm. <laughs> naturally, not me, them. Mm. No, never, <laughs> never, never. You us. know, but it, it, everything that uh, everything I'm I'm focused on is on them proving me right, mm-hmm. instead of it healing, mm-hmm. which is pretty effed up. I, okay, so because here, right? Okay, so I agree and disagree. Not because I disagree. How about how do I say this? Uh, more to the story. Um, 
uh, there's a certain aspect of that though that's based in like we're learn humans are learners like you have learned to expect certain responses so mm -hmm. really this is actually what you're showing me is you're intelligent <laughs> you have had <laughs> enough experiences that have been repetitious and have shown you what to expect in that mm. behavior um like i think you'd be almost naive to go into that conversation expecting it to go really really well mm. but i think what you can do with all the information that you have is calibrate like okay I feel that if I go in and say this, this will happen. You're probably right. Like, I'm sure you can go back into conversations that have just proven that that is the trend. That is the way. Mm -hmm. So then maybe the conversation goes, okay, my goal is to have peace in this relationship. And if I go in and talk this way, this is the reaction. That is not peace by my own definition. Mm -hmm. What's the, uh, okay, what's a new approach? What's a different approach? What's another way I could go in? I think it's almost like, going like and it's so cliche to say it right but like how we can't change other people we can only change ourselves and so maybe that's like an opportunity to like choose a new angle a new door a new entrance a new whatever and maybe you can't I don't know like I'm not gonna like speak to what it is you're going through exactly but maybe you can't have that conversation with that person and have peace maybe you have to choose between the two maybe it's like I can have this conversation and it will not create peace or I don't have a conversation or I choose a different door and that creates peace but I can't have both of these things at once Perhaps. And that, again, that might not even be the case, um, but it might be uh, expanding to consider how that might like, basically like the information you have, I don't think that that is manifesting the reaction. Mm -hmm. I think that that'll like you learned that if that makes sense. Yeah. And that's actually a really good point is that if we continue to base the future off of the past, nothing changes. Well, only if we take the same door. Yeah. So this is what I was thinking. Because um, we can't, you're so right. We can't unsee what we've already seen. We can't unfeel what we've already felt. Like my, my experiences with that person have created this future projection. But especially if that person is committed to that behavior. And a lot of yeah. people are. Like especially... Oh. Um, but am I at the same time? No, for, no, for sure. <laughs> that's like, the, yeah, that's the thing is I want to believe that I can change. And that's one thing that my partner did for me. Um, cause I, I was in a series of reactive relationships. I was quite reactive. I would say it was incredibly emotionally immature. Um, I would do <laughs> what I was taught and uh, react and leave. I would freeze you out. I would ice you out. I would punish you with my absence. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it mattered. Sometimes it didn't. But that was my response. What he did for me was held space for me so that, and he saw me in a higher light. He saw me doing better and being better. And then I became better. Yeah. Like, it was like him saying, this isn't you. Like, this isn't okay. Yeah. What you're doing isn't okay. What you're doing to me isn't okay. Mm -hmm. And him lovingly holding me in that container changed the way and, and doing like practicing yoga nidra uh, that allowed me to let go of those patterns. But the container he created for me, I think that that is something that I could never repay. But maybe I can repay it going forward if I can get past my ego and think, 
okay, I just want to be validated because I think all these thoughts about this person, there's no way it's me, but I know. I know I'm playing in there somewhere. We don't have these things with people without it bringing up something to me or back that we're ready to heal. And if I can hold space and, and be as open and receiving as I want them to be, mm-hmm. maybe that's the shift. Maybe if I see them as like the potential to change, like I had the potential to change, because mm-hmm. there was no one more set in their ways <laughs> than yeah. I was. I, I thought, I literally believed, you could go through my journals, that it was just poor picking, mm-hmm. that it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. But I chose emotionally immature people who would allow me to get away with what I was getting away mm-hmm. with until I met someone also emotionally immature, but we were ready to level up together. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was the biggest thing. And that's what I'm going to, and another thing too, even all these, like, <laughs> I want to talk about vision casting, but like this forecasting into the future of Tanya has a haunted light and it just turned on. It keeps going on and off. It's so wild. And I checked the connection. <laughs> There's nothing happening, but spirit. Um, so I'm forecasting into the future, future pain. What does that tell me the the comfort of where I want to be? Pain. So if that's where most of my thoughts go, that's where I continue to spend my time. Like, why am I even thinking about it really without it happening? Mm-hmm. I'm just all, I'm wanting to live in that pain for a lot longer than it actually is going to exist. So that's been my work <laughs> this summer is why am I addicted to this form of suffering that's not even manifested yet? And it's showing up in so many ways that, um, and I I understand that when I speak, it can sound very insensitive um, when I'm I'm talking about energy, but that's because energy actually is very insensitive. It's very ruthless. It doesn't care. (laughs) It's just, you do this, you get this. You do this, you get this. And so I keep, it's neutral. It doesn't have an emotional attachment to your outcome. It's just like a magnet responding. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not an emotionally insensitive person. I always deeply care about people, but I do see most times if it's not, if I'm not attached, like I'm unbiased, you can see, right? Mm-hmm. You can always see other people's stuff. Be like, oh, that's their problem. Meanwhile, what are you doing? The same thing <laughs> in a different way. <laughs> I know it's funny. It's that it's the eagle eye view or the bird's eye yeah. view. It's easier to see other people's the front view s- instead of the back view. It's also, I think when we are like easily solving other people's problems, I think there also is, um, it's an, our current work and well, and, 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 and naiveness there's, we don't, cause we'll never know someone's whole story. Right. So, even if we think we know a lot of someone's story, we don't know the whole story. Mm-hmm. And so there's like gaps. And so we draw these conclusions, but we're missing information. So I don't know, this like image that's coming into my mind is like a math formula, but I can only get the proper answer with the proper formula. Mm-hmm. And if I'm missing components of the formula, I'm not going to get the actual answer. And so I will get the, in air quotes, wrong answer. Um, which is why I think tarot works when you pull it for yourself Mm. because you let your subconscious bubble up. If, if you let your subconscious, if you let your subconscious (laughs) bubble up, but it's often the first thing that comes to mind, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's like, Oh God, this is pointing at that. 
Well, I don't know, kind of. I have a whole, like, if we're talking about reading tarot for yourself, I have a whole, like, sub-novel on teaching that, actually, because I actually find it. I am, like, such a doom and gloom, so as soon as I read my own tarot, I'm like, oh, my God, everything is going to go horribly. That's why we like each other. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to actually override that knee-jerk response because... Because essentially, I am always searching for safety, stability, and uh, reliability. And that is what inherently makes me feel safe. So when I see my cards and they don't immediately reflect that (laughs) safety, structure, and reliability, and they're like, hey, here's some things you're going to want to prepare for, uh, which is actually the more helpful information than just being like, everything's great. This is life. Life is happening. Be prepared. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I immediately go into doom and gloom. So I have to like... I have to actually mute that and then pretend I'm, it's it's actually something I teach people in tarot, but I is, uh, which is why I actually encourage people to read for other people. And I think you have a tarot workshop coming up. I do. Yeah. (laughs) I have a a course in October. So yeah. I seen it. (laughs) Are you watching me on the social? She's got a, she's got a lot coming up. I, I, I fall, fall is a good season. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, but I, I pretend to read for somebody else <laughs> to override oh. the doom and gloom. And that, because no, there's no one that comes in for a reading for me and I go, oh shit. Well, you're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> like, I don't say that to anyone. I mean, it's happened where yeah. I like have put cards down and I'm like, oh dear, okay. Well, let's talk about this. But I'm never going to drop information like that way because it's, yeah. it's fear mongering and it's alarming and it's not supportive. It's not helpful. And the reason that that information. And there's always a silver lining. Like, there is well, always something. The right? reason we're knowing about it is because we can do something about mm-hmm. it. That's why it's there. So, if it's coming up, it's trying to tell me something so that, mm-hmm. so we have a solution. Otherwise, it's not just coming up to scare us. That's and not. If you have a doom and gloom forecast, I consider an abundance of discomfort like a huge evolution, it, a you, huge spiritual yes. evolution. I actually yeah. don't think that there's been a time where it's just been, it's it just never, been bad news. It's like, like uh, it's cliche to say, but like the arrow pulling back, mm-hmm. you have to contract mm-hmm. before you're able, like it's, you gotta, gotta get rid of something that you're hanging on to. And that may look like a job, a person, a place, all the things that you consider catastrophic, doom and gloom something has to shift totally yeah yeah and I think so that that's exciting too right it is if you look at it that well way. and it's funny because so my favorite if you're car- sick like us yes exactly <laughs> exactly it's the Scorpio placements yeah um it's it's something uh so one of the my favorite cards in the deck which it's really hard to pick but it but I really like death card which is actually Scorpio's card um because death, like when people see it in the reading, they always are like a little apprehensive. And I shouldn't say always, but often if someone sees death in the reading, they're like, what is that? Oh, we've been conditioned to fear death. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm always like, no, this is great. Yeah. I mean, Something it's not going to feel great mm-hmm. while you're in it. It's kind of like being on a roller coaster with a blindfold. Like if you had no context and you were on a roller coaster with, you didn't know you were on a roller coaster, you didn't know you were strapped in, it'd be terrifying. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you got the blindfold off and you realize, oh, this is a roller coaster, it's fun. Mm-hmm. So 
that to me, whenever I see death, I'm like, oh, this is a chance to take off the blindfold and go, hey, you're on a roller coaster, which ends. It's yeah. temporary. It's a thing. This too so you pass. may as well just enjoy the ups and downs and the ride because it's not going to be long lived. And after death is always a rebirth, which is a mm-hmm. new beginning. And that's when like the, that's the sparkles and the naivety and the adventure. And there's like so much fun stuff that yeah. happens <laughs> after that roller coaster. And then if you're really sick like me, when you rebirth, you'd be like, when am I going to die again? It was for real. Yeah. <laughs> Just start preparing. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, That's the thing about knowing the cycles that I find a lot of spiritual people struggle with is knowing that the life, death, rebirth sort of cycle exists is that you're in constant fear of a really high high. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That And that's such a f- fucked up like that's so backwards like yeah we need to we probably could edit that one a little bit like you you and i (laughs) probably be like you get scared when you're really happy you're like oh shit does that mean the down is gonna be real down yeah (laughs) but you should just just live in it we gotta like adopt like a a buddhist monk mindset yeah Yeah. and just try to but yeah it's uh it's just good to call it out because I, I do do that. Po- poetry for that is uh, my my parents took my kids overnight this week um, and my husband's out of town. So this was extremely helpful. Uh, and it was like such a great day. <laughs> like I just I just did, I kind of did nothing and it was wonderful. Yeah. And then when they came back, they were like absolute yahoos because they were so tired. <laughs> and like uh, I say yahoos very politely but it was like it was awful yeah (laughs) when they came back it was brutal and i was like okay well you know balance they missed you (laughs) the ricochet oh man there was screaming yeah oh man we could have a whole we could have maybe i'll have a freaking parenting toddlers episode this year well i think we should wrap this episode um do you have any final parting thoughts um, no, I want to say yes, but I don't. So I'm not going to make anything up. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to write an exit outro because otherwise I'm going to say, thank you for joining us on the spiritual yeah. boss. Uh, I think we could like wing it each time. Well, no, and, we can. I'm yeah. just, I'm just going to call Like, let's how we'll just put this out. If I call it the spiritual boss multiple times until I yeah. like, it's like when you write the wrong date, uh, the year, you know what I mean? When yeah. You, like, Check like, out January. our Instagram. Cause it's going to change. Oh yeah. It's all all over gonna overhaul tanya's redoing us yes i'm gonna (laughs) gonna get on it all right well thank you for joining us on the first formal episode of mystics and broomsticks and uh you can catch us on social media i don't know what our new handle is so just just (laughs) stand by stand by but you can see (laughs) melanie at it's melanie the melanie dawn melanie Melanie dawn Dawn got taken i had it and then i let it go and then it was gone for good dang (laughs) and at tanya ryan xo um, those are our Instagram handles. And then, um, for now you can reach us at spiritual boss podcast at gmail.com. Just <laughs> like lots of changes that need change to happen. That. Um, peace in peace out.